I think a lot of leaders just assume that their employees uh, are hesitant to change or resistant to change. But I have found when given the opportunity, it's our employee base. Uh, and even sometimes, you know, those tenured employees who have been in the job for 20, 30 years that are the most excited uh, about what's happening across the industry because they have felt these pain points for a long time. Very excited today to be here with someone who has a, I think, a little bit different profile than anyone who's been on the podcast so far, and that is Jason Gross. He is the vice president and head of platform at Manchester Story. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Josh. Great to be here today. Yeah, awesome. So let's get to it. You know, as I mentioned, a little bit different profile, I think, than, than anyone I've spoken to on the podcast. So maybe you could share a bit about your background and how it led to what you're doing today. Yeah, thanks, Josh. You know, if I look back over my career, uh, I've been fortunate to wear many different hats, and that's largely made me who I am today. So my first career was actually in politics and public policy. But, you know, I always knew that at some point I'd get one of those, and I'm doing air quotes here, real jobs. <laughs> and if you happen to be in Des Moines, Iowa, which is one of the insurance capitals of the world, chances are those real jobs are going to be in insurance. So I spent uh, over 20 years on the carrier side. I uh, got to be, you know, uh, arms deep into what's been happening across the InsureTech landscape before we were even calling it InsureTech. And just last year, I joined uh, Manchester Story, as you mentioned, as, as head of platform and really have, I think, one of the coolest jobs in the entire industry because I get to work with insurance carriers, founders, startups uh, to really help kind of advance uh, the change that's happening across the industry. Cool. So... My guess is that most members of our audience are familiar with Manchester Story, but just maybe for those who yeah. you know, know them at a high level, but but maybe don't know what makes the firm unique relative to some of the investors in the space, maybe you could share a bit about that too. Yeah, so Manchester Story started six years ago uh, by two incredibly successful um, founders. But so if you think about, you know, kind of the, the dartboard of where a venture capital firm might be aiming uh, the center of the bullseye for us is investing in InsureTech. We'll also look at FinTech and HealthTech. Uh, the bullseye for us is early stage. So typically C and A will go earlier. We've gone later, but that's our sweet spot. Uh, we are U.S. focused, but we've already made a couple investments outside of the states. And we typically lead. Uh, we will follow on, co-lead, but about 75 to 80% of our investments have been early stage lead investor in InsureTech here in the U.S., so maybe maybe it's a little quick to jump into a hot button topic, but no, let's do it. Given, given what's you know going on with the capital markets right now, yeah. and what is sort of rolling up the sleeves mean, or has rolling up the sleeves changed at all given given the situation right now? Yeah, great great question, and of course very timely. You know, in some ways nothing has changed. You know, early stage good companies, there will still be capital available. We're still investing. Uh, we're on our second uh, generation fund right now. We've already invested in five companies uh, since uh, you know November, December when we launched our second fund. So uh, we're deploying capital just at the same pace we have been before. But for our existing companies in our portfolio, there's certainly uh, a lot of strategy level conversations with them, uh, making sure that they you know have the capital that they need to weather uh, uh, this bump or the storm. Are there, I don't know if this is too sensitive, but are there particular investment 
you know, theses that, that you're thinking about that you can share at least at a high level? And have they, have they changed at all sort of given the current environment? You know, one of the fun things I'll say about working with Manchester Story in the InsureTech space is we take a very broad view of InsureTech. Uh, not only because uh, we think that there are attractive solutions and technologies uh, across the landscape, but even if you look at our insurance carrier investors, they run the gambit, you know, traditional property casualty, life and health and annuities. Since we take such a broad view um, and our, our investors have so many problems, so many uh, opportunities they're trying to solve for, uh, we're, we're continuing to take uh, that, that broad view. And because of that, I don't feel like we're, we're too narrowly focused that we're, we're not still seeing the deal flow, for example. So I, I, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that you had worked in innovation roles previously. So has your, your view of innovation or your view of insurance innovation changed since you moved over to Manchester Story and what it means? No, not at all. In fact, it's, it's probably only grown exponentially. It was a lot of fun to lead innovation efforts for a carrier and to see the metamorphosis that that organization went through from uh, being, you know, very conservative, reluctant to change, to uh, embracing change, embracing innovation, adopting new technologies. Uh, once it can be done there, it can be done anywhere. And so I'm having a lot of fun helping our now multiple carriers uh, on that journey. Sometimes I, I I hear that, you know, innovation labs or innovation organizations can maybe sort of end up in this kind of weird limbo where um, maybe yeah. it all becomes part of the marketing budget where, you know, we're just sort of trying to dip our toe and show that we're innovative. And then, you know, others seem like they they really have a close linkage with the business side and, 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 and you know, they've gotten enough buy-in that the, the business leaders are now coming to them and saying, you know, this is our challenge. How can you help us? So how, how did you sort of pick those use cases and, you know, were you able to, to, to build those ties with the, the, the business side? Yeah, absolutely. And that's um, so critical is to have the business buy-in. And so kind of two things, you know, first off, early, early victories, low-hanging fruit, you know, show some results. Um, that certainly got the senior executives who maybe were a little more resistant or hesitant to engage us, you know, once they start coming to you and say, help, yeah. then you know you you, you yeah, yeah. tapped into something. Uh, the second thing is, and this is, I, I would always say this somewhat tongue in cheek, but I would say to the innovation team that there will be no successful innovation efforts to come out of the innovation team. Uh, I don't care if the innovation team does 99% of the work and the business unit only does 1% of the work, they can have all the credit. Uh -huh because they're the ones that have to own it. They're the ones that have to use it. And being able to translate all the fun stuff of innovation, you know, seeing the pitches and exploring the technologies does ultimately have to result in some type of business activity. So I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. Um, you know, I know, not necessarily folks I've interviewed on this podcast, but, you know, there's a few investors I know who say, you know, I really don't want to, Put any money into anyone who sells to carriers because it just takes too long and particularly early stage right you yeah. know because i i don't know if they're going to have the runway to close a deal if it takes you know 12 to 24 months to get all the way through the process with a carrier so 
Would you have any advice for them to give them a better chance of success in closing deals with carriers? Yeah, great question, Josh. And I will say, uh, I think we see a lot of the deal flow that we do because of our reputation of being backed by so many insurance carriers. You know, some founders are hesitant to take strategic money from a carrier directly, uh, but it still comes down to what are the pain points that you're trying to solve? How quickly can you help them get some type of ROI? You know, I was I was at an event and there was someone who had spent 18 years in an organization, and I think it's been 10, a number of years in a in, in an innovation lab within that organization. And I sort of thought in the back of my head, is it really possible for this person to be innovative, yeah. have been sort of there that long and i again i you know not to be negative but i'm curious just given your background how, how you see that or how you kind of keep it fresh in a carrier side organization i think it's important for carriers who are thinking about you know putting an innovation leader or, you know whether it's a full-time job or tapping someone on the shoulder to get the right mindset the right person in there um i don't think that someone who's been in a particular job for 20 30 years can't do it and do it well be open to uh, um, non-traditional hires in that space. So if I'm a founder and I'm in an early stage and maybe I hope one day to be a Manchester Story portfolio company, what advice might you give me in this current environment? Yeah, and this is going to sound very cliche, but we invest in people as much as anything else. And, you know, to get comfortable investing in people, it's about relationships. So um, I think uh, similar to maybe some frustration insurtechs have with how long it takes for carriers to get a deal done, yeah. I think sometimes they get frustrated with investors too. So how, how might you coach someone to think about it um, in, in terms of what's realistic? Um, I think it is a two-way street. You know, not only are we interviewing you, so to speak, uh, as, you know, VC to founder, uh, I think it's also just as important for founders to interview and be selective. Uh, I think some founders have been very quick at times just to take the first money there or to take, you know, whoever is throwing the highest valuation at them. And there's certainly been a lot of that over yeah. these last two years. And I think some people are paying the price for it. You know, there have been some companies that have raised literally tens of millions of dollars at massive valuations with like, you know, less than 250000 in revenue. So, yeah. like, how's that possible? Do you think those stories are going to continue here? Uh, you know, I realize that, that, that it's hard to make broad generalizations yeah. in, in this, but, but any thoughts on that? You know, I would say that um, the capital is still there, but that, you know, good, sound due diligence and evaluations in the long run, we'll still, you know, separate, you know, the winners from from the losers. And, you know, while as a founder, it's very tempting to go after those big valuations, if you can get them, uh, just realize too, that may not be the best in the long term. Cool. Well, Jason, um, appreciate your time. Is there anything else you'd, you know, like to hit on that we missed or anything you'd like, like to touch on before we wrap up here? Uh, being in Des Moines, I always had to be a champion for, uh, you know, these great, uh, ecosystems that have been building and and I just I think that's one of the coolest things you know when the global insurance accelerator started here in Des Moines in the symposium you know eight nine years ago a lot of people were scratching their head like what and it, 
an accelerator and a symposium just focused on insurance innovation and technology uh, and to see how far the world has come you know since then and and so those partnerships we also have uh, broker tech ventures here in des moines yeah. of course our, our friends at you know insuretech new york and insuretech israel you know across the globe there is so much happening uh so tap in ask for help and uh you know good luck to everyone all right great well, Jason Gross, Vice President and Head of Platforms at Manchester Story, thanks so much for being on. Thank you, Josh.